Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. First of all, happy new year. Yay! Oh my goodness. Bridget and I were talking about this the other day. 2020 felt like it was five years long, yep. but 2021 flew by. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, so we are excited to be bringing in the new year with you through a new little mini series on our podcast that will focus on habits. You may remember or not because it was a long time ago, but our first episode was all about building habits. So today, Bridget and I are going to share the habits that we personally are trying to build this year. Yes, absolutely. But first, let's hear a TSH from Hannah. Hannah says, team meetings. Don't get me wrong. I love my team. We like meeting together, but our meeting agenda is a 100 plus page Google Doc. Oh my word. That is a mess to wade through and find relevant information. How do you both organize meeting agendas and notes with your team members? Michelle? Oh my goodness, Hannah, that's a lot of pages for a single Google Doc. I'm having flashbacks to like grad school, (laughs) but I'm going to share how I always organized our team agenda slash notes, and hopefully it will give you some ideas. I was the fourth grade team lead, so it was my responsibility to create the agenda and then lead the team meetings. I, of course, created a template that I used every single time. So within the Google Doc, I had a section for upcoming dates. We could put any questions we had for admin. We could put curriculum updates. We had a spot for a data discussion, which we didn't do every time, but if we needed to, we could. And then just general notes. And I would reuse that same template every single time. And then I made a habit to basically share the Google Doc with my admin at the end of the meeting. That was like a requirement. We had to share our notes. And I would also then make a copy of it for the new week. So at the end of the meeting, I would send it to my admin so they could look over it. And then I would make a copy. That way I could just go in, delete the dates and things that were no longer relevant. And we were ready to go for the next week. And I would send that out as the agenda to my other team teachers. So it served as an agenda. I would put any things we needed to talk about on there, but it was the same Google Doc where we would actually take notes during the meeting, and it was just a copy of the previous week. We didn't keep like one Google Doc that had all of the notes together. We had a separate Google Doc for each one, and we just titled them whatever date it was that we met. So we had a folder full of Google Docs of all of our notes. Hopefully that made sense. I don't know. No, it it made total sense to me and it's a really good system too because I felt like I feel like I'm I'm thinking of some of our next episode Michelle. I'm like hearing things <laughs> that I that we are going to talk about very very soon. Yeah. Um but Hannah, I've got to be honest like if you're coming to me like we didn't really have to uh we don't have to submit anything for my team meetings. Um so I don't have really have to keep track of any notes, which is like a blessing and also a curse at the same time because our meetings, I feel like anytime we get together to collab, it's always a hot mess. Like yeah. it gets very distracted, everybody's like doing different things. No one really has like a game plan and I just 
I think I've always hated our collaborations for this issue. I, I think maybe if they forced us to turn in team meetings, it would be a little bit more purposeful. But yeah. <laughs> I do like to take notes because I am also a team lead for my my team specifically. Um, so I like to take notes that will either give me like a to-do list or just a quick summary that I can then share with others who are not able to attend the meeting. So I use the notes app on my Apple devices for this. So my district, we are all Apple. Um, we have like an Apple computer, Apple, you know, they give us iPads. And so it just makes it really easy because it also connects to my personal devices. So I like that they, I'm about to connect, disconnect her. Hold on. I'm about to check this across the room. Should I keep going? Yeah, just keep going. So for all of y'all that maybe uh-huh. couldn't hear that, Bridget's Alexa was going off. Well, no, and, oh, listen, Google. she's disconnected now. Okay, there is no life in this thing. <laughs> so she just unplugged it. I did. I unplugged her. I've never had her like go off like that. Has your Alexa been doing that lately? Like mine's been giving me all sorts of little weird notifications. And I'm like, why are you messing with my life? Yeah, ours still thinks we live in Maryland, even though we've gone on and changed our address on our account. They still think. So when we ask for the weather, it gives us our weather back with Maryland. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. So as I was saying, so I like that they end up syncing up and I have access to all of my devices. And then I will create a folder and title it with the meeting type and the date. So for instance, faculty meeting, or I have like a team meeting or a team leader meeting. And then with that specific date, um, what I really like about this is that I can use the search and find feature that allows me to quickly locate information um, from those folders. And then you can take take pictures of any handouts or anything that goes, you could just kind of attach them into that note. Makes it super simple. Yeah. So basically in summary, we each have separate like documents or whatever for each meeting. And then those are all within a folder. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned at the beginning of this episode that our very first podcast episode, episode 001, was wow. all about building habits. We called it How to Create New Habits for a Successful School Year. If you want to go back and listen to it, you can. Bridget and I were a little rusty, although I don't even know if we were rusty. We just didn't know what we were doing. That was the episode that we recorded like three or four times in the middle of the yep. night, and it took yep. us forever. Yep. <laughs> it took us like five hours. <laughs> it It is a great episode, but Bridget and I wanted to give it, you know, some new life, update it a little bit, and that's what this episode is going to be. Yeah, and we know that habits are important and also a little challenging to really wrap your brain around. So we wanted to give you all an inside peek into some of the habits that we're looking to build for ourselves. So this podcast will be all about our habits, why we're wanting to build them, and how we're building these habits. In a few weeks, we're going to do a little check-in with you all and share how our habit building is going so far. Okay. So Bridget and I decided to break this down and we're each going to tell you two habits. One of them is like work or professional related. Mm -hmm. The other habit is more like personal related. So I'm going to start with my work slash professional habit. I want to build the habit of responding to all emails within my email inbox meaning my business email inbox. I also have a throwaway email that I give to people when they ask for my email and it has like thousands of emails and I don't even open them. (laughs) But I want to respond to all emails within my business email inbox within the first 30 minutes of the day, Monday through Friday. I don't answer emails on the weekend. I just don't. So I'm not worried about the weekend, but weekdays within 30 minutes. 
The reason why I want to start this habit is because when I first moved to Texas, I was doing a great job of this. I would sit down at the kitchen table while drinking my coffee, but then it just kind of fell off. And I think that happens to a lot of us, right? We start something new, Mm -hmm. we start a new routine, and then sometimes it's difficult to stick with. So right now, like I have, I have the coffee making down, like that is still happening every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm just not always worried about emails. Like I'll sit down on my computer and I'll jump into other things like creating videos, editing videos, podcast stuff. And I, just kind of push the emails a spot, a, a spond aside. Aside, I push yeah. responding to them aside. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> well, it's also because you don't like it, right? Like, who yes. likes sitting down and I doing emails? It. And I think, like in the morning, I totally understand. If you get it done in the morning, you want to kind of move on with your day, and it's yes. like oh, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's like doing the hard thing first. Exactly. But exactly. I feel like I don't because have. I know I'm a morning person, but I don't have the mental brain power (laughs) to do that. I don't know. Well, so it's interesting because I used to think I worked much better in the afternoon. And I think because at the time I was teaching and then doing all my business stuff in the afternoon, I was kind of forced to do it then. I've now realized that's not my most productive time. I'm still not an early morning person. I'm not like a 6 a.m. Like that's never going to be me. Right. But... I get up at eight and then by 830 I'm working and from 830 to like one like that is my grind time like that's when really? I'm getting it all done yeah wow yeah I Texas know. is changing you <laughs> I know who would have thought <laughs> uh so anyway I jump into work and then I'm not answering emails and my emails are just piling up and I'm not responding to them in a timely manner so that's my why Let's talk about like my goal. And we're going to come back to this because Bridget and I have been reading a book and reading a book has kind of made me reflect on this whole like having a goal. I still think it's important, but the author made some interesting points. Anyway, my goal is to have all my emails answered and sorted before starting the rest of my workday. Like that's ultimately what I want. That's what I'm striving for. Obviously, the time frame, I want to do this every day, Monday through Friday. So every weekday, I guess, not every day for a month and then obviously be able to continue it. But I think it's nice to have a shorter time frame at the beginning. Um, I recently started washing my face, like being an actual adult and washing my face because I have never had a skincare routine and I would go to bed with my makeup on and just wear it until I showered or it came off. So we're trying to fix that. Yep. No judgment. And when I first started the habit of like washing my face every morning, every night, I was like, I'm just going to do it for a month. And then after a month, I found it much easier to stick with. So it's nice to have kind of that shorter time frame at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then my how. So some of the things I'm going to do in order to make this easier, to set myself up for success. I'm going to make my coffee and then get my laptop set up while it brews. That way, like my emails are already pulled up. I've closed out of other tabs that could distract me. I'm going to set a reminder on my phone because Monday through Friday, I tend to get up at the exact same time because of Billy's work. So I'm going to set a reminder on my phone and then I'm going to use our habit tracker. My thought is I could keep it on the fridge. That way it's like visible, but If you have not already gotten Bridget and I's free habit tracker, make sure you head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash 001. It's an oldie, but a goodie. 
It is. It definitely is. Um, I think that's a really good habit. And I'm very curious to see how how you end up doing with it later on. Yeah, me too. Okay. (laughs) So I am going to share about my personal like work professional habit. (laughs) That all came out really wrong. It's my work professional habit, people. Um, And so I have hated this for as long as I could remember. And it's great. I was going to say, I don't think you're alone in that. I, I am the worst. Now, I'm really bad at emails and grades, but I know I only was allowed to pick one. Um, secretly, I'll probably be working <laughs> on both of them, but this one is going to be kind of my priority. Yeah. Um, I hate grades. I've always hated them. I When I moved from kindergarten to fourth grade, it was like, what? I have to yeah. do what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the worst because we don't have to do that in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> so I would like to ha- have all my grades completed and and entered into Schoology by the end of the day on Friday. <sighs> okay, so let's talk about my why. <laughs> it already starts to stress me out just saying that. Um, I have, like I said, those two weaknesses of just emails and grades. I've gotten much better over the years with my emails, but it is still a growth for me. Like I do check my emails. I do kind of sort them. I don't necessarily have them all done by like a Friday, um, but the grades piece for me is still a huge, huge struggle. Now we use Schoology and parents can end up seeing our grades and the students also have the ability to like resubmit. So in my district, we go based off of something called, um, oh, now I can't even remember it. It's like we we don't have actual grades. We just go with- Standards-based. Thank you so much. We have (laughs) standards-based grading. And so students can resubmit things. So let's say they get a developing in something and then I give them the feedback. They have the opportunity to then take that, refix it, and then resubmit it for a higher, you know, grade at the end, a grade. I'm saying that with quotation marks, but grade at the end of it or score, whatever you want to think of it. So um, because they have that ability, parents have the ability to see it in Schoology and kids have that ability to resubmit, it would be nice if I was just a little bit more on top of it so that it was fresh in their memory versus me not getting those done like on a timely manner. Now I'm really good about knowing where my kids are. Do you know what I mean? I feel like as a teacher, like we all know where our kids are. Like Mm -hmm. I can look at it and be like, okay, yep. I know exactly where this is. I know where this student is. I can tell you where my students are in their learning. I'm just not necessarily the best at putting grades up immediately. So that is kind of my goal is to just have them all entered in by Friday. That's the goal here. So if I have any assignments that are submitted during that week, they're going to have those and I'm going to give them all their feedback and their scores by Friday when I leave. Now, my time frame for this is I want to be very specific because I don't want to bring work home. That is not an option for me. I have too many other things that I'm doing. I cannot bring anything that's school related back home. So I only want to do this during hours like Monday, like school hours from Monday through Friday. Um, And I'm going to do it for like a month and then just try to see if I can continue from there. Obviously, I want this to be like a long term thing, um, but I really want to track it for that first month and see how I go. So here is kind of my how, like, how am I going to do this? All right, people, here we go. This is like the secret sauce. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) But here's what I think. One, I need to have answer keys ready to go. I think if I'm more prepared with my answer keys, I think it's going to be 
so much more beneficial for me. And I've started a new um, like filing system for Ooh. like our ELA. I know I've started a new filing system. Michelle, I haven't told you <laughs> about this, but it has really, really helped me. It kind of has taken me a little bit back to my kindergarten roots, not with the binders. Don't think anything about binders it has nothing to do with binders. But it did take me a little bit back to my kindergarten roots, and I really like it. And it's because okay. it it worked for me in kindergarten. It's working for me now. I'll share that with you later. Okay. <laughs> so answer keys ready to go. Two, I'm going to grade as students are submitting work because normally it's quiet in my classroom. I'm typically helping kids. Like I, I pull the kids who need extra support immediately after my lesson, and I kind of get them going. And so once they're going, they typically just kind of sit at my desk and I let them sit at my desk because it's like, oh, you're not bothering me. Just sit there. And if they have a question, they can ask me. Mm-hmm. So I can have my laptop open and I can then um, do the grades. It is really, really nice when everything is digital because I can have my iPad going and I can score it and provide feedback immediately. And I also love that Schoology can, um, let me record feedback. So I think I would like to use that option more to see if that helps me because I feel like I'm better at just articulating than typing out their feedback. I hate typing out feedback. Well, I've been doing that a lot with text messages. If I have a long text to send, like she will yesterday, I was texting Bridget and I was trying to ask about like a certain camera attachment type of thing. And I didn't know how to explain it through text. So I just record little voice memos and send them. And I feel like it is a huge time saver. So I love that you could bring that like into grading in order to save time. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I can use that feature a little bit more. Okay. So I'm going to work on submitting some of that grading like work as students are submitting it. The next thing is that is that I want to use my prep period to get grades completed. And that's Monday and Wednesday, like Mondays and Wednesdays. So I've kind of set those days aside so I know specifically when I'm going to sit down and do some of that grading. Now, I chose Mondays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays and Thursdays, our students have something called win time in the morning. And that's for one, they need to um, submit work that they haven't submitted. So we kind of tell kids, hey, I don't have this assignment from you. You need to get it done. So they have opportunity early in the morning on Tuesdays and Thursdays to do that. So it's nice because if I get grading done, I know which kids have and submitted what. Yep. And two, if they did not get a great score, they can resubmit it on those days. So that's why I said on Mondays and Wednesdays, I want to try to get some of that done. Okay. Um, and then I also want to use my eight o'clock collab, non-collab days. So we have to collab every other day. And so those days that I don't have to collab, I need to tell myself that from eight to like 820 is because 820 is when I go to the bathroom. It's funny how we have like those routines mm-hmm. <laughs> as teachers, mm-hmm. right? But from eight to eight twenty, I want to say I need to work on grades. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see if that works. Okay. I'll be interested to see how it plays out because I think a lot of times as teachers, when we focus on one area, like, okay, I really got to get grades done. We feel like we're dropping the ball in other areas. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how it plays out. And cause that is a very like sucky part of teaching. It's like it you have so many things going on that no matter what you focus on, it always feels like you're forgetting something else. And it's interesting because I feel like it's such a horrible part of teaching, but it's such a rewarding part of teaching for when you are 
helping kids. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. you really, really know. Like, yes, I know where my kids are. But like, I think when you have the time, you take the time to grade and give feedback, like yeah. real feedback, not just great work or good job or right, right. do you know what I mean? But like real feedback. I feel as though kids will grow so much better from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you have to give the feedback as an example for them and they start to be able to pick that up on their own work. I remember Mm -hmm. I worked really closely with this one student. uh, I guess it was about two years ago. Uh, We were working on his reading accuracy. And so I started, you know, giving him feedback when he would make mistakes and modeling for him and all this. And it got to the point where he, when he was reading, would pick up on his mistakes and start using all of those strategies. And we were tracking his data of his accuracy and like he got so excited about it. And, but that also, I think is partially that like one-on-one time with students, right? And that's something that's so valuable. Anyway, tangent. Okay. All right. I want to know your personal habit. Personal. Let's get no. Okay. So <laughs> I love my, <laughs> my personal habit, it's going to sound cliche, but hear me out. It's drinking water related, which I do believe we used as an example in our very first podcast episode. Yeah, we did. It's so relatable, right? Everyone's like, I need to drink more water like all the time. So (laughs) my personal habit, though, is a little more specific. I want to drink at least 40 ounces of water, which I have one of the large hydro flasks and it holds 40 ounces. So really it's drinking one like water bottle of water (laughs) before lunch every day. So here's why I have that, you know, habit that I want to build and why it's so specific. I already drink a lot of water. I drink around 120 ounces a day, which is three hydro flasks. How how much are you supposed to drink? Well, my voice. I've heard very conflicting things and it depends. So someone who's more active and is going to be sweating, they need Mm. to drink more than someone who's not as active. You know, so if you go by the eight, eight ounce cups a day or eight, eight ounce glasses, that would be 64 ounces in a day. Mm. So I'm drinking more than what I would say most people need. And a lot of that is because I have found that I perform better in the gym when I'm well hydrated. Mm. So I already have almost a gallon of water a day. The issue is I drink most of it during dinner and then before I go to bed. So from about 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., I'm drinking like 80 ounces during that time frame. And as a result, that means I get up to pee at night a lot, like four to five times. And actually, I'll typically go. This is awful. Really? Four to five times? I'll typically go. How do you get any good sleep? (laughs) Well, that's I think that's part of the problem. (laughs) I will get up four to five times, I think, while I'm in the process of drinking, like before I even go to bed. And then during the night, I probably get up about another four times. It's awful. Plus, I work out before dinner. So I feel like it would be more beneficial to drink water before my workout rather than just after. Like it's great to replenish after, but basically my goal is to more evenly distribute my water intake throughout the day instead of like packing it all in at the end. Right. Right. So my time frame. This is something I would do daily. Unlike I kind of like that both of our work and professional habits were focused on just like Monday through Friday and not the weekends. Amen. <laughs> this is something I want to do daily. And again, I'm gonna track it closely for 30 days, but I want to actually continue it after. And I may have to continue tracking it for accountability because I could see this being something that I would very easily like fall off of. You know what I mean? 
So my how, some of the things I'm going to do. Um, I am not above setting reminders on my phone to tell me to drink water. I set reminders for everything because I forget otherwise. That's why they're called a reminder. I'm also going to fill up my water bottle like at night. So after I'm done drinking whatever I want to drink before bed, I'm going to go ahead and fill it up. That way, first thing in the morning, I can start drinking because I have found that when I wake up and the water bottle on my nightstand is empty, that's what like postpones me drinking water because I don't feel like filling it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep a water bottle with me throughout the day because currently I tend to just get my water bottle at lunchtime and like I don't have it with me in the morning. So we're going to fix that. And then again, I want to actually keep track of it. I feel like that will help motivate me. So I'm going to use a habit tracker. Nice. Okay. I can't believe you get up to pee that many times a night. I really can't. Now, I mean, I feel like I do like when I'm going to bed, I feel like I do the whole, I get up to go to the bathroom and then I lay down and I'm like, oh, I got to go again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting old. So it's interesting because it takes me a while to fall asleep. I struggle to fall asleep, but once I'm asleep, right. I can wake up and easily get back to sleep. So I get up, pee, go back to bed and I'm asleep yeah. in like seconds. So I've got to tell you side story really quick. So okay. Trent um, has always stayed up past me. Mm-hmm. Um, he would normally have like a show on in the background and he would, you know, I would go to sleep. I would turn around and go to sleep because I can't hear very well out of one ear. So it kind of muffles everything. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. And um, he would stay up. So recently, though. He's been going to bed with me Ooh. at the same time. I know. It's so strange. But he will put on the thunderstorm sounds Oh, on the Alexa. Um, I had to whisper that just so that she didn't <laughs> hear me from the other room. Um, but yeah, so he will put on thunderstorm sounds and that will help him be Fall able asleep. to go to bed. Yeah, I'm like that too, where I I tend to need some sort of background noise. Although if I'm super, super tired, I can fall asleep without anything. But I've never had her play thunderstorm sounds. I like that idea. We love love those sounds. It's really, really nice. But he also has been taking melatonin, so. Oh, well, (laughs) yeah. That helps too. I have little chewable ones. They're like berry flavored. Uh, Because fun fact, Billy cannot swallow pills. Like to save his life. Really? He can't swallow pills. I'm learning so much. (laughs) Yeah. He has like chewable vitamins and we have the chewable melatonins, but they're, they're 12 milligrams. Bridget, like most nights I take two of them. That's horrible. Horrible. Don't come for me, y'all. I know it's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Hopefully it'll get better as you age. That should be my new habit. Stop taking melatonin. <laughs> oh my gosh. You would be up until three o'clock in the morning. It'd be awful. Okay, bring okay. It. Personal habit. So y'all, please don't judge me. <laughs> I feel like everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to judge me so bad. Um, so I, I got to give a little backstory. Okay. I am not a great cook. Okay. I'm not fantastic. That is total I, lie. I mean, I'm not fantastic. But, 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 I will put a but. I have some things that I have learned to make over the years, right? Yeah. Everyone has their signature dish. Yeah. Now, please remember, my mother is from Mexico. My dad is from Pakistan. So the foods that I grew up eating and making are not kind of your typical run of the day, like everyday type meals, right? right? And then I married my husband, who's, you know, 
white as all get out and he like had no like he just eats what i would consider like american food right right right. and so i learned i started learning when i when we got married and we were dating and stuff i started learning how to make kind of just some of those general american meals because eating tortillas every single day or pakistanian food every day is just not you know not the best of the best. Pakistani food has like a, a lot of grease in it, or at least the way my parents make it, it does. <laughs> yeah. So it's not the best. But I started learning and I did really, really well in the beginning because, you know, it's a new wife. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're trying to be very sweet and impress and blah, blah, blah. And then as the years kind of moved on, I started getting lazier and lazier and lazier. Well, hold on. The past, what? You've also gotten busier and busier I, and busier. Yes. That is true. That is very true. And that's where I was going to go next. And because of the past two years, I know, I know that's a long time. But the past two years, I have gotten very, very busy with my time. And so I have been learning to manage myself a little bit more. um, And I I have gotten better with this. I will say that. But I, we, as a family, ate out a lot. Like, almost every night like there would probably be I would go weeks without cooking an actual meal (laughs) yeah in my household um so my personal habit is to um start cooking dinners at home the majority of the week now I'm gonna be very very honest I am gonna tell myself at least four days I was thinking about going like five or six, but I felt like if I went five or six days out of the week, I wouldn't do it. So I would totally fail with that. And it just, it's not attainable for me because I know it's not going to happen. So I'm going to start with four nights and see if that helps. Um, I know that my workload has really increased and I just, like, I don't cook as much at home, but I think now that I'm starting to learn how to manage myself more, I get home at 3.45. I've been getting home at 3.40. Well, I leave school at 3.45. So I get home at like 3.50, 3.55. It's a little bit before four o'clock. I know for a fact that I can cook dinner when I get home. That's early enough to be able to cook dinner. I live very close to my school. So um, we're going to try to do that four nights a week. My goal is to be able to do this for an entire month. Um, and here is kind of what I've decided to do. One, I'm going to use our fitness planner to be able to track our food. Um, Love so that. creating, thank plug, you. Plug. <laughs> thank you. Um, so the fitness planner has like these features where it'll allow you to kind of plan out your meals for the week or daily, however you choose to do it. Now I'm only focusing on dinners. I'm not doing breakfast and lunch. Like breakfast is usually an easy go-to for me. I make really good breakfast here, y'all. Yeah, but I can attest. She does. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I make good breakfast breakfast food. Um, So I'm only going to focus on dinner. Um, I'm going to try to meal plan on Sundays in order to purchase food on Monday. I hate, like, hate with a passion going to the grocery store on weekends. It's so I busy. can't do it. It's so busy. And I don't know about y'all, but my grocery store has started to change where they don't have actual people anymore. Like now it's like the normal checkout lanes are starting to become self-checkout lanes. And every time I try to go and lift the food so I can have room to put more stuff in bags and I put it up into the cart, yeah. it like... <laughs> 
it like goes off and it tells people that I'm like stealing food. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Well, hold on. Your grocery store also has like a robot thing that goes around and like, I guess it's Marvin. Yes. Marvin. It Mm -hmm. freaked me out. So when I was visiting Bridget (laughs) around Thanksgiving and we did the what's in my mouth challenge with our husbands for my YouTube channel, I had to go to the store and get some food items. And I like turned around and it was right in front of me. It scared the living daylights mm-hmm. out of me. Yeah, I love it cute. that you just call him Marvin as if that's totally normal. To yeah, you. it is normal. They put, they gave him a little badge and they put eyeballs on him. Oh, I, I saw, I saw that yeah. was part of what scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still hate going there. I, I don't care how cute that robot is. I still hate going there. Um, so that's kind of the other plan. I want to create a list of food and recipes that I know we love. Like there are just some like a grown up grilled cheese that I know that is like a go to for my family. Like if I make that, everyone's going to be happy. So I need to create just kind of my go to list. I want to have my go to ingredients. I'm saying go to a lot um, for quick and easy dinners at home. So things that are super simple that I can just throw together like in an instant. Um, And then I want to be able to note some of our meals on our family calendar that we have on our fridge on the side so that we all know exactly what we're going to be eating for the week. So we'll see. We will see. I have two follow-ups. We've got to start eating healthy. I mean, it's just so... It's so expensive eating out and it's not good for you at all. I feel like I overeat and I'm not eating healthy. So originally I said I I have two things to bring up. Actually, I have three things. So going off of what you just brought up, when you were starting this whole, like you were trying to justify like why you were eating out. First of all, I don't think we should ever have to justify it because if, if you don't understand why someone has to eat out because they're so busy, then consider yourself, you know, lucky that you're not in the position where you're also that busy because Mm -hmm. I have been there and it brought me back to, especially when I was in grad school, which I find very ironic. Yeah. I, we ate out all the time because we just were busy and we didn't have time to even plan the meals or go grocery shopping and and cook the food. And, you know, we were getting home at eight o'clock at night and it's like, I don't want to sit down and try to cook a meal at eight o'clock. So I totally get it. And you know, if you're not in that position, that's great. But unfortunately, like that is the reality for some people. And that's what they have to do in order to get their meals. That's why we have so many options for restaurants and places to eat out. Because with our society right now, like we are a very busy society, especially here in the U.S. And that's just sometimes what you have to do. So that was the first thing I just wanted to make sure it makes it easy. It makes it easy. And it's just so it's attractive because of the fact that it is so easy. Yep. Yep. And you mentioned having like go-to ingredients for just quick and easy dinner. So Mm -hmm. Billy and I do something, we call it burps. We just made that up ourselves. It's basically dinner in a bowl. Okay. So Mm. verb stands for veggie, rice, protein, and sauce. And we just combine and we have so many versions. We have taco bowls, Mediterranean bowls, like sweet and sour chicken. and, And we just combine all of it in a bowl and it's so flipping easy okay so when you start having children <laughs> then we'll, we'll talk and see if verps is still happening because i have the pickiest family on the yeah. face of the planet yeah. like my husband doesn't do casseroles i i wish i could just make a casserole 
every single day. He will not eat casseroles. It, it is not going to happen. He doesn't like the consistency of it. He doesn't like the fact that it gets smushy. It's not It's not for him. Yeah. I have Blaine who will not eat anything. Like we are going through phases right now where he won't eat except for steak. He will eat steak and pork chops. <laughs> oh, but trying him. to get, or actually he does love like green beans. He does love grandpa peas like or normal peas. But there are certain things that my family just won't eat. Yeah. <laughs> and so it makes things even more challenging. And so when you create a meal and you're everybody's sitting down to eat, it's like, but I don't like this, but I don't want this. And I'm like, I'm tired of cooking for you ungrateful yeah. <laughs> little stinkers. Yeah. That is how I feel. And I think a lot of maybe moms or parents out there would understand that part of it is that it just is like a blow to you when you felt like you've spent so much time making something oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, you're going to sit there and you're going to eat it. And it's like a fight yeah. every single night. And sometimes going out to dinner, it's it's not a fight because everybody right. gets to choose whatever they want. And yeah. so I think that has also been another reason for why we go out to yeah. eat Yeah, no, so I totally much. get that. I totally get that. Now we don't go to sit like we don't eat like we don't go out to eat. We bring food back home because yeah. <laughs> we're lazy like that. Yeah. Um. So my third. But I thing- do like the verbs. I, I really wish I could eat that because I love that kind of food. Yeah. Well, and it's just easy because we can do it with like any cuisine. Like we'll even mm-hmm. do it with like Indian food. We'll do like a, a chicken Ooh, like tikka a masala. Oh. Yeah. And we'll just have like the rice, the chicken, the masala sauce, and then we'll throw in like cauliflower t- typically goes well with that. And we yeah. just, we just, you know, build it all within the bowl and eat it. And it's just easy. Yeah. Um, but speaking of foods that are not necessarily easy, my third thing, uh, Billy and I have decided we really want you to make us like homemade tamales Ooh. at some point. <clears throat> yeah. Those are so, not easy at I know. all. I know. Like they take hours to I make. know, but I love you. And I thought you would maybe yeah. do it at some point no. for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> because Billy and I had a conversation the other day. Maybe we the day like, I retired. We realized neither of us had ever had like real like homemade tamales girl you live in texas i know well what's funny is then at billy's work someone brought in tamales but billy had them like they were already cold and it just wasn't mm. like just great. pop them in the microwave well i i don't know anyway i still have not had them and i just wanted to throw them oh out yeah there. well you live in texas it's like the greatest place for tamales I know, you go find but, one of those little trucks but like I the mexican food trucks they're great. My grandmother does make really good tamales. Like she and they would make a variety. So you have like frijoles mm. and then you would have some that's like frijoles and jalapenos. So they would have little jalapenos inside of the beans and it was so good. And you have like the normal like meat tamales that were delicious. But okay, well, when we start doing our combined family vacations this summer, I listen, Billy Fine, and you're I gonna sit there and listen, help. That, hold on. I have a proposition. Oh. Billy and I. So let's say we we go for a week. Billy and I will cook all of the nights except for one night if you just make tamales that night. All right. We'll see. Okay. We're coming back to this, (laughs) y'all. So don't forget, we mentioned that this episode is part of a mini series for the month of January focusing on habits. Next week, we're going to share some tiny changes that can give you big results. While you wait for that episode, we would love for you to join us in habit building this month. So head over to teachingonthedouble.com slash 001 to grab your free habit tracker. 
And while you're on our website, be sure to check out our TSH and submit yours. We want to know what is your time-sucking hurdle right now. And also subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our new episode. And of course, please consider leaving us a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. And we just like hearing from y'all. It's good times to hear, being able to hear your thoughts. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.